This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Gelsley gets there. Another good kick from him. And here's Hutton now. Hutton going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well. Setting up Chilton. Now then, guys, uh, welcome back to the To Hull and Back podcast. It is the first episode of 2022. Um, obviously, we had a little break after the um, the victorious uh, Christmas special episode against Tigers Down Under. Um, we were hoping for a jam-packed episode this time, to be fair. We were hoping we had um, Blackpool, Sheffield United and um, Blackburn to talk about. Um, <laughs> we only got the one. Um, any Blackburn fans that are watching, please... You know, shambles. Uh, <laughs> calm down. Um, and obviously, we were hoping that we would have a takeover to talk about, but uh, yeah, we're still waiting. Unfortunately, we tried to hold out for as long as we could. Um, so hopefully, in the next episode, we'll be talking about a new era. We've um, said that the last six episodes or so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're still here. The alarms are still here. Waiting for that Everton payout, are they? Um, Right, so before we start then, obviously, um, as always, sponsored by Six Yards Out and Hull City Retro. Um, you, you've seen the logos on the intro video there. Do head over to their website and Twitter page and have a look at what they do. Buy the stuff if you can. Uh, obviously, we've had a couple of giveaways with Six Yards Out as well, which has been good. So congrats to the two uh, two people that have won on them. Uh, hopefully some more in the future. Uh, and I think, um, obviously, Hull Badge, Hull Badge Man, um, we still want you to try and contribute to them if you can. With it being a new year, let's start on a new leaf and help support um, uh, basically a volunteer service that put every single profit they get back into making badges for us guys. It's a match day tradition, we want it to stay alive. All right, so let's get into it. Um, obviously, the Blackpool game, me and you were there, Will. Uh, Nathaniel didn't come, but still watched it, I assume. 
Oh, uh, listened to it and seen the highlights. Yeah, endured uh, it. That'll do. I mean, it was yeah. I'd, I'd probably preferred that than watching it. To be fair, mm. um, not the kind of performance we was expecting. I don't think. Um, I'll ask you then, Will. What was your what was your overall thoughts on on the Blackpool game? Not very good. Um, <laughs> it was certainly a step down in performance from what we've had in the previous weeks. Um, I mean, it could be something to do with the COVID outbreak that happened at the club. Might have knocked a bit of the wind out of the sails of some of the players because some of the players did look very rusty, which were been helped by the fact they didn't play for a few weeks either. Um, but they just didn't look at it for the most part until near the death when they actually tried to properly score. And I don't know how Grimshaw kept some of those chances out, to be quite frank. Um, yeah, it, it, a loss, a draw would have probably been, to be honest, Blackpool themselves didn't play amazingly, but they didn't have to, to be honest. No. So a draw may have been, maybe with the chance that we had at the end, the draw probably would have been the correct result, but I can't complain that they lost, to be honest. No, I had a feeling it was one of them games where, even if I'd, if we'd come out of that game, well, if we were told before the game that we'd come out of out of it with a draw, I still think it'd have been quite disappointing because Blackpool's, you know, they came up with us. They've got a squad of similar stature, kind of team we need to be beating if you want to stay in the league, kind of thing. And obviously, when we've had such a good run of form and it's starting to curtail, like you know, we we had four wins on the bounce, but then we've not won since. You know, we've had a couple of draws and a couple of losses, and you know, maybe it was a good thing that the Blackburn and Sheffield United games were called off because we could be looking at three straight. Um, especially with Blackpool, uh, Blackburn's form, uh, it's it was one of them that kind of glad. I mean, I think oh. for me, and I don't know if you agree, Nathaniel. But so, yeah, like I said, it was a shambles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, in terms, of, well, for me, not enough of our best players were were at the races that game. And I'm looking at likes of um, Honeyman, who had maybe a good 30 minutes or so. Um, Jacob Greaves is usually quite reliable. What what was what was your thoughts on it, Nathaniel? What did you think maybe we were lacking that game? Uh, a goal, I suppose. Um, you know, obvious answer. Yeah, it, it seemed a bit like a game. I think Blackburn, uh, Blackpool had had some COVID cases as well that both teams weren't fully fit, so it was a decent, uh, you know, competitive game, but no team was really at their best, um, and. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd have taken a draw from it, but it's a bit disappointing that, I mean, Blackpool, although they're much higher in the table than us, they'd won in like one in nine games or something. So, you know, we're just the typical team that if a team's on that sort of run, we'll, we'll give them a win. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, I mean, we knew this in August when the transfer window closed, but especially after the missed chances, we, we desperately need a striker. Um, or, or two, or, or maybe just just buy 11 of them, you know, just in case. <laughs> or, or however many games we've got till the end of the season, just buy one for each game because um, the finishing was that terrible. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit worrying that, like, if the takeover wasn't, like, on the uh, horizon, that, that game would make you worry about our chances of staying up because the... Oh, yes. That, that little, you know, phase we had with four games, that's gone now. Um, and uh, if that's how we're going to play, you know, against a team that has a similar sort of squad to us, 
in terms of quality, then it is worrying. But but I'm not worried just yet because we're gonna the takeover is definitely happening. So don't worry too much. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because, like, obviously, we always have a debate. Um, I think you, you look on Twitter conversations, you listen to people talking in the pub. What? Who should our starting two? Uh, the the two strikers who should be starting there? It's going to be different with every single person, and at the moment, you can't really justify starting any of them in a way like you know, we can't really equally like you know you might as well play um lewis potter and longwood up there and get some more wing backs in or something but well i was just gonna say that that's Ooh. not a bad idea yeah i mean the the, the options there i mean we're, we're kind of lacking because obviously with emmanuel and Coyle being out we're we're kind of limited in how we can play uh via the wing backs because we need somebody yeah. to do that role um be energetic in doing it because I don't think Calmelda looked convincing in the two attempts he's had in this format. I know he might not be fully fit, and that's a bit harsh. To oh, say, well, he's, he's definitely not fully fit now. He no, definitely wasn't fully fit. Weeks. In that game. No. Yeah. Um, but you see, the thing is, is for me, is you got to look at who who makes who asks the most questions of of the opposition's back four. And I know Tyler Smith hasn't scored yet, but from what he from what I saw of him in that game. He offered more in the what was it seventy minutes? However many, how many? I want, no, he didn't come on early, did he? Yeah, he did. He came he, on. He did. He came, did. On. he came on for. Yeah, he came so on he for older. He had a good portion of the game, but he looked more uh, threatening than Malik Wilkes has done for about. Yeah, he gets in three the areas, months. doesn't he? Yeah, like every every time we tried a long ball over the top and we we're asking questions to get in behind, Tyler Smith's sort of. Um, style of, of of muscling into the defender and trying to get in behind them was was causing their their defense quite a lot of issues. And obviously he had a couple of good chances which he fluffed. But at the end of the day, he's also not played that often. Hmm. Um, so you got you got you got questions of your sharpness there. You know he's he's got to get back into the swing of things. And hopefully now that Wilkes is going to be out for eight weeks, he's going to get a consistent run of games. We might actually see the best of Tyler Smith. Um, and then Eves as well. Awesome. I thought McGinnis was very. Um, I just he, he might as well have not played for me. I did, he didn't win a single header. His link-up play was poor. Um, he might have been one of those that suffered with COVID. I'm not sure, but he definitely well, didn't look like Norman McGinnis to me. <clears throat> McGinnis is one of those who really he, he's quite bad for COVID, isn't it? As well for him. Mm. So yeah, he if he did get it, he would have struggled. Mm. But then also you've got to ask the questions if if. If Wilkes, uh, well, if McGinnis and Elder, for example, did have that, you know, have COVID, why would they shoot one straight into the team? Well, maybe they didn't trust the academy players. To, or maybe to do yeah, that. it was That's a case of. Mm. Don't trust Tom Eves. But so, well, we don't know exactly who did and didn't get it, though. So, I mean, some of those who mm. played well might have had it, for all we know. Because yeah. it was actually quite a strong team. For me, I don't know if you really agree. One, I we, we were all, we were all really. Yeah, when, when we saw the the the, the lineup, uh, it was quite a strong side. I actually got quite optimistic about our chances in the game from how strong the side was. But uh, like we say, not enough players at the races for me. I thought Honeyman had a decent thirty minutes and then sort of went distant. Um, Doherty was superb for me. Um, Sean McLaughlin was really oh. good, really really good. Saved us a couple Again, of times. Some really good last minute defending. Um, 
And then Keen Lewis Potter was his usual exuberant self. He always looked dangerous and, and was always looking to ask questions. And he played about four different positions in that game, if, if I remember rightly. He started up, started up front, didn't he, alongside McGuinness. Then he moved into left wing back. And then when we started throwing the kitchen sink at him, he were in the number. It was in midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped Honeyman deeper, so um, he's shown his versatility, and and he's he seems to be quite effective wherever he plays. But that's what we've come to expect of him now. Um, I'll ask you then, Will. Uh, was there any was there any players that I, I, I probably I'm I, actually I'm going to ask you straight off, Jacob Greaves, that game. He wasn't at his usual standards at the minimum, was he? I knew you asked me this because you know he's my fave. <laughs> um, no, he wasn't. He he looked off the he looked off the boil a bit, to be fair. And I think Deshaun Bernard did as well, to be fair. I think McLaughlin was the only one who had a decent game overall. Um, I don't know what's happened there, to be honest, because he just everything. Bowler just had him, which really annoyed me because Josh Bowler, why didn't you ever play like that for Hull City? Yeah. <laughs> He just seemed to have his number every single time he went at him. He just couldn't deal, could not deal with him at all. Yeah, I think that like, I think at some point in the first half, it looked evident that Blackpool were going to try and play on the counter, and they knew that we were going to play the three at the back. Uh, and with our wing backs being so advanced as they are, uh, they were playing like a long ball out wide, and they were straight one on one with our like which had the side they were on. So Josh Bowler on one side with Greaves was turning him inside out all the time because he was one-on-one. And then uh, I think it's Keshi Anderson, is it, that plays on the other side with Bernard. Mm. He had quite a tough time as well. And 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 I think as much as we kind of played poorly, Blackpool <laughs> did also set up quite well in the sense that they sort of oh, yeah. exploited it. And, and then players were very good at doing that. Um, I think Smallwood struggled to keep up with um, sort of interplay amongst the front three. Is it was it Medine that played up front for Blackpool? It, it was Medine, yeah. He, he was very good. I think mm. barring Sean McLaughlin, he won pretty much every header that came his way and was holding it up and, and caused us all sorts of problems. And um, you know, this is the kind of like endeavour and, and and playing to your strengths that you need to play as for me, if you're a side that's come up from League One, which we maybe don't do it sometimes, because um I don't know if it came the same way to you, Nathaniel listening, but I just felt like for large periods of that game, it just seemed like we were hitting the ball up pitch for no reason because it just would come straight back to us every single time. We couldn't; there was no outlet yeah. for it. Yeah, the second half we just didn't really get any chances until the very end. When it, you you know you always do in a championship game, they just lump it long, uh, but you know the team drops back when they're defending. Um, so yeah, it just seemed just like a like a dead rubber game that whatever we did. We could never really score. There just wasn't any creativity. Um, and, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe this formation has been found out now, potentially. I don't know. Um, we just need a bit of um, just a, a spark. And the uh, I think the um, the penalty decision, bef- before that we were playing fairly fairly well. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. Because um, Honeyman had that good uh, chance, didn't he? But... I think that just sort of killed the momentum in the game for us. And then after that, um, it wasn't one-way traffic. It was just sort of, you know, like a cold New Year's Day game. Medine scoring a penalty is like just sort of dull sort of championship game. We can't really do much. Um, So, 
but we've got I think we really do need to uh find a spark and hopefully the takeover will takeover will do that because we've got a lot of good home games, winnable home games in a row, especially with Blackburn being postponed and moved. So we've got is it four out of five home games now? Um yeah. I know one's in the cup as well, but um hopefully oh, if the winnable. takeover does happen. Um oh yeah. Um but I mean the Stoke game and maybe Preston and Swansea definitely are, so we need to make the most of it. Yeah, in theory, the toughest team we've got to play is the away game at Bournemouth. Right, easy win. <laughs> yeah. If you say so, Nathaniel. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Nathaniel Preston can win at Bournemouth, then so can we. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, for me, obviously, there's a lot of factors that might have played into it. Like, you know, the games were uh, called off. We had a COVID-ravaged squad. Um, fitness might have been down, so we're not playing uh, to as good as we know we can. Um, I just think it was more frustrating coming away from a game that you know they went clearly better in a way that dictated they should have come away with three points, but we've lost because of a penalty. And it was more, you know, maybe you know Bowler played for that. He played for that all the time. He would come in on on his left hand side, on his left foot, and he, he tried to get into the box, and he coaxed Greaves in, and. and and won the penalty, and that's ultimately won them the game, which is most frustrating. But there is argument. Obviously, their goalkeeper, um, Grimshaw, um, I would say at least three or four world-class saves in that game. It was we we were absolutely dumbfounded in the crowd, weren't we? And them them especially them couple in the last minute. Um, they were I have no idea. Ridiculous. But uh, were they good saves, or was it he needs to score for you? It's both. Well, yeah. But, I mean, most good saves are just it's straight at them. Like, yeah, he saved the Smith one, but Smith kicked it straight at him. You know, it's still yeah. a good reaction it's, save, though. Well, yeah, I but think some, it's a bit of both. Yeah, but if yeah, even if he'd stayed still, Tyler Smith probably wouldn't have scored. So, um, <laughs> which is a bit worrying. But, but he, he asks questions, which is more than what Wilkes has well, been doing. When he when he gets when he gets his goal or if he gets his goal then hopefully I'll get a bit of confidence but um, until you do because he's not scored at this level before to be fair um, you know he's, he's only scored in front of a crowd um, in his short career so um, you know uh, and it's uh, it's a lot of pressure uh, for you know a young lad coming up to another division to just hit the ground running when you've hardly played but um, he still should have scored I'd have scored that do you think maybe then, like, because you've mentioned pressure there, do you think maybe we, as fans, and obviously the strikers themselves will be knowing and, and staff will be telling them, um, you know, the lack of goals from, from our strikers this season hmm. um, ultimately has been our biggest Achilles heel because obviously our goals Absolutely. are our wing-backs. Um, do you think maybe they're sort of heaping too much pressure on themselves because of the situation? Like, obviously, they might not be able to help that. It's sort of that external wow. pressure. They know that they're being watched and they know they're being judged. And, you know, we as well, fans, should be. we can be quite uh, critical at times. And Yeah, I don't think it's unrealistic or, you know, asking too much for one of our four strikers to be <laughs> even close to OK, you know, after half a season. Like that, we, we don't want to, you know, of course, we'd love someone to score 30 goals, but we're not expecting that. Just someone to, you know, score every now and again. Like that's all we ask. Yeah, because the goal scoring stats amongst our strikers are poor, and it was it McGinnis. Is it easy on two? two McGinnis is on two. Eves is and on then one. Wilson's on three. 
and Smith's on zero. So what's that? Yeah, so it's not a good goal six, attempt. But, six yeah. between four strikers. Well, our top scorer is the wing back by January. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's. I mean, it has been obvious where we've needed to improve for a long time, I think. But obviously, um, with the transfer embargo in summer and stuff, and and, and realistically, uh, if you told us at the beginning of the season that the 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 front three that scored so many last season would struggle this season, well, maybe excluding Lewis Potter, um, you'd probably have been like, nah, I don't believe that whatsoever. But obviously, mm. now system change. Um, hopefully, that you know, with a fully fit squad and time to get over any covid related illnesses and and um getting back up to 100 percent and and like we said maybe tyler smith getting that first goal and getting up up and running and get that confidence firing and going for it might be what we need but it might be too too late for maybe a couple of them out. i would imagine if a new owner's coming in he's going to be looking at that position yeah that will not have been a good advert for a lot of them players so you, you got to be thinking you know a few of them yeah. will be thinking right where's my future at, at the minute because mm -hmm. You know, with the takeover, you, you sort of forget what might be going through the players' heads. No matter how many times they come out in the press and say, we're just focusing on the next game, you can guarantee that they go home on a night and wonder, you know, if you've got to think, you know, Malik Wilkes maybe is thinking, do I want to be here if we're going to play a 3 5 2? Maybe you don't want to play a striker kind of thing. You know, you've got to ask these kind of questions. Um, but other than our players maybe having a bit of a lackadaisical game, um, I, I do want to bring. Um, the topic of a certain um, card wielding marauder in the middle of the pitch. Thank you for thank you for this because I thought I you were going to miss out Dean Whitestone, no, you absolute wanker. No, I was never ever not going to mention him. Um, I do think that he was probably a massive reason for our players sort of getting a bit of a lack because you know if the ref gets in your head. And you feel like the game is stop-start all the time, and you start getting frustrated as a player. You start making poor decisions, don't you? So I think we had bad set based on his his performance in the middle for the vast majority of the game, where the players were just thinking, you know, nothing's going our way, and the Blackpool fans, uh, Blackpool team, took advantage of that, and and you know, it pretty much well, every 50-50 was theirs. Across the nine minutes, he made one good decision, and it was the penalty. Yeah, everything else was balls. I thought, I thought. I was having a look when I was coming back from the game. I thought I'd have a look and see. He's refereed us four times this season, Dean Whitestone, more than any other club. Um, a, what, he refereed our 1-0 loss to Derby, the KC, which I remember being pretty shit refereeing. Um, mm. He refereed our 3-1 loss to Sheffield United, which I remember being pretty awfully refereed. Um, he refereed our 1-0 loss to West Brom, which I don't actually remember seeing, to be honest. And then he's refereed this. So whenever he referees us, we seem to have a shit time. Yeah. I mean, we've lost most games this season. I can remember the I can remember that Sheffield United game and that Derby game in particular being pretty bad referee. Yeah, I do. Well, well, both uh, managers in the press conference complained about the refs. So you know you've done something bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I spoke to to um, a Blackpool fan after the game and, and he he seemed confused as to why we were mad with the ref and I was I was stood there in, in complete amazement thinking he was just winding me up because I've never uh, that's the, the most frustrated I've been at a referee in a long time and then that he, he, he turned around and was like well I don't understand why because he, he gave everything to you and I was like what? 
Because <laughs> I think I explicitly we, remember a time we where we were through on goal and he, he pulled it back for a foul that had nothing to do with any of our players or something. It was mad. He commit, we apparently committed twice as many fouls as Blackpool, so I don't know where your friend has got that from. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the penalty decision, at, at the time, I thought it looked like he won the ball, but looking back... It was no, a it was a penalty. Uh, but apparently um, Blackpool weren't given... Were through on goal, and instead of playing play on, he brought it back for a foul or something. I think it was mentioned. I don't um, remember that. No, I don't remember. I mean, we wouldn't, would we? Uh, but I mean, I remember Tyler Smith going through on goal for, yeah, but apparently he managed to out muscle Richard Keir. Um, and somehow it was a foul, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you don't want to blame officials sometimes, but I feel like he had a big, big hand in, in, in maybe yeah. a. I we didn't play well, game, regardless, but he was a fucking jerk. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's on the commentary. Agreed, he was absolutely livid as well. He's supposed yeah. to be impartial, you know, <laughs> um, but he wasn't. Uh, right, so that's that. I think it puts Blackpool on thirty-three points, which is kind of the position we would obviously love to be in. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're still at the bottom three. Um, it's a good job that. Uh, Barnsley and Peterborough also struggling just as much as us at the minute. Well, they're just terrible. Yeah. If we yeah, if, Bar- if we go down below, you know, any of those two, we should be embarrassed because they're terrible. I, I'm, I'm scared imagine- about Derby though. They terrify me. Like I yeah, know that, I know they shouldn't, but they're scary. Well, I mean, I mean it'd be unfair to two points if they had had a deduction. Yeah, so they'd, be, they'd be thirteen for bouts. So mm. I mean they've got a good squad. It's like that they was the thing when we, there, when we were so annoyed with Derby at that time that Derby should be whipping boys, but they've got a really good experienced squad. They've just got a very mm. small squad. Yeah. Uh, it's, and what they've got the is fit, an awesome Yeah. Curtis Davis is like single handed in the game. Put him up front. That's what we need. Yeah, Davis saved honestly, us, didn't he? With that, honestly, uh, bring, it, bring it back. If we do have lots of money to spend with the new takeover, all we should do is sign Derby, Barnsley, and Peters' best players. Send them down, and we'll <laughs> stay up. You know, <laughs> I'm going to turn down Derby. Derby's players aren't going to turn down the money. They're on like two quid a week. So, you know, just just sign Tom Lawrence and uh, Kazim Richards, and we'll be fine. I don't think I'd want Tom Lawrence. I'm not oh, okay. a big fan. We don't. We don't need to play them. Just put them on the bench so they can't <laughs> play for Derby. Did you just use the Turkish connection there, Nathaniel? Oh, was cousin Richards. Is he yeah. Turkish? Yeah. Well, he'll do. He'll do. He scored more than all our other strikers. <laughs> and I think he's played like at least seventy-five percent less games than. Well, he's he's scored in his last three games, and he's played half an hour off the bench each time. So technically, he scored a hat trick off the bench in a in a. Game. So. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I we're talking that. about we're talking a bit about transfers at the minute. Then, so we might as well just move on to transfers, and then we'll talk about the Everton game last. Um, I'm thinking, you know, with the takeover impending, it's similar, like obviously with Newcastle at the minute as well. Um, you know, new guy coming in, we're not entirely sure what his financial backing is. We don't. There's rumours mm. that there's a, a billionaire that's backing him. But, I don't think know, that's real rumours. That's bollocks. It's I just, think that's what we're thinking personally. Um, yeah. But you've now got your transfer rumours beginning. So we've got the like, we've got Yilmaz, 
What was that? Uh, Burak Yilmaz. Burak Yilmaz. <laughs> uh, the couple that you've just sent in the chat, Nathaniel. What was it? Uh, Luis Gustavo. Uh, uh, Hida Massa Morita. Yeah. Fucking so silly getting, season, lads. Yeah, I mean, it, I find it very odd that there's transfer rumours coming from an owner who has yet to actually be confirmed to be owner of the club. Mm. So I think I'll start believing transfer rumours when it's actually done and through because I yeah. can't see them actively pursuing players when they don't actually own the club yet. No. Kind of I mean, they'll have, a, they'll have a list of people they want. Yeah, well, yeah they'll probably they tapped up some players, like they've spoken to some agents, just like, well, if we get this club, we're going to be looking at... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's very easy to go for the Turkish connections as well, obviously. Because um, <laughs> from his past comments about, you know, wanting to bring Turkish players or staff through. Um, but realistically, I think we need to be looking at um, players who have been there, done that in the championship before. I don't know if you guys agree. I think one one mm. that one that um, I saw today, um, Rotherham, uh, Freddie Ladapo, yep. striker, just handed Absolutely. in a transfer request. I'm all over that, 100%. Yeah. And exactly he's, the he's, sort of he's, level we should yeah, be realistically looking at. Yeah. He's that build, isn't he, that, that, that we wanted Eves and McGuinness to be, like quite big and physical, but he's averaged more goals a game in the Championship, and that was for Rotherham who went down. I think it's something like a goal every two and a half games, was it? Yeah, he scored nine last season. Yeah, it's 12. He outperformed his expected goals, which is the most important thing. Yeah, so, you know, they're the kind... I mean, and it's another one where you're going to sign someone from League One and people are going to complain because you're signing players from the league below. Yeah. Kind of thing. You can't, you can't win, can you? You've got to come in and apparently show a lot of ambition by signing players who wouldn't possibly want to come here because they're in a better situation elsewhere. Mm. That, 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 that's sometimes what I can't get my head around is, you know, people, it's all well and good saying, well, why are we signing players from leagues below? It's like, because we can't sign the ones from above us because yeah. we're in a relegation fight. Sometimes you've got to think a bit of logic, can't you? Um, is there any names that you've seen then, Will, that, that, that you're quite interested uh, for, or even ones that have not been mentioned that you think we should maybe try and pursue? Well, I know Erling Haaland is looking for a new club. Yeah, yeah that's a good shot. <laughs> if no, we've got a billionaire, I've, though, maybe. I've not really looked at most of the rumours because of, as you said, we haven't got taken off yet. I mean, obviously, there's the ones like the customers reckon, is it Meg? I can't, I'm not going to pronounce his name. There we go. Um, which obviously is come and gone. Uh, but apart from the names which Nathaniel put in our chat like 10 minutes before the podcast and mm. um, I've not really noticed any and there's I'm going to link with someone related to that Shotter Avaladze as well uh, Vato Avaladze another midfielder because apparently yeah. we just want to sign all the midfielders he was a, he's apparently a winger or a striker or, or a midfielder but, but what, what the hell is he's about <laughs> and then um, my personal favourite which I suggested every single week Beric Ilmaz <laughs> yeah, I think um, he would but, actually in a weird way, I kind of want to believe that one because with him being so towards, towards the end of his career, what is he, 37, 38? Yes, but he's currently playing for a Champions League club that's currently the champions of France as well. Yeah, yeah it will be Champions League next year. It probably will be. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, that's what about, impossible. I'm going to throw this one then because obviously he's linked with us pretty much every single transfer window at the minute. Regan Slater. Do... Mm. What is, what is your thought on that one? Because it's weird because I actually really do like him, but 
currently as it stands. I don't know. It feels right. weird. That I don't think we need him. No, yeah. we don't. Um, one thing I've noticed, actually, when I've briefly looked at the transfer rumours is, everyone was going on about, everyone took those words out of context about the Turkish team. Mm-hmm. And thought, oh, it's just going to be... But have you know, most of the rumours... There's been a few Turkish, but a lot of them haven't been Turkish players. Well, there's been Japanese, Kosovan, uh, Georgian, um, English, uh, Senegalese, yeah, yeah, all sorts. I think it's, but uh, several of them have been uh, linked. Well, American have played in Brian from Roma. Exactly, yeah. Um, so maybe they've played in Turkey uh, rather it. than because you wouldn't necessarily. I I don't know about the English players playing in, you know, France or whenever. But I do know about the French players playing in England. Um, so, mm. yeah, maybe that's uh, it. Because Turkey, um, like I looked on FIFA and there aren't actually that many Turkish players that are any good on it. You know, <laughs> most reliable source. But that just shows that um, maybe we'll be looking for like players just from that league rather than, uh, you know, just Turkish players. I mean, I think, I think the only rumours, isn't there, about... Yeah, Go the on. only rumour I really believe that could actually be proper is that Emmerhan Erdogan, the one who was at Bears' as well. Emmerhan Erdogan. Whatever. Because um, <laughs> he's, he's now a free transfer. Yeah. He was at Bears' as well. He's been linked with us. I think he's been linked with us before, actually, as well. I think he got linked with us in the summer. Mm. Um, and that one just feels because he's not at a club, he's free. That's very Hull City. Yeah, I mean, I, that one I believe might actually happen because um, it's been one, linked that's the a lot. The moment I think has some on it, yeah. and I think that, the Mar- that, that's the only one that seems to have had any traction lately. Yeah, the, the yeah, Marici one. I believe the Marici one, but I don't think we'll sign him. But I do believe that the the of links exactly. But I think they did want him. But I, yeah, I, don't I don't think, think, I don't uh, think we'll get him. I don't want him either, really. Um, honestly, if we did just have this money and we did want to spend eight and a half million on some strike from Lazio that's not scored all season, can't we just spend the money on someone actually good rather than who just happens to be from you know Turkey? Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people would much rather see that eight and a half million reinvested in maybe signing. Uh, Bernard, Baxter, Longman, yeah. obviously, uh, um, mm. rather than, you know, gambling on a player who, who, who hasn't played in the championship before. I mean, now that we've mentioned Ryan Longman, um, yeah. there's a couple of, you know, maybe taken with a pinch of salt rumours uh, that Brighton yeah. may want to call him back. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's just a general consensus that Brighton are looking to call players yeah. back. It might not be. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they mean necessarily Longman because they do have a fair few players out on loan. Um, I don't know whether they need any wingers. They seem to have a fair few of those anyway. What what Nathaniel's trying to say is over his dead body. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. But there is also um, whispers that Matt Smith might be going back. Obviously, not playing at the minute. So gone into exodus right now i don't get why he was frozen out the squad i don't think we'll ever find out why he was frozen out the squad but there's no point in having him. Oh, well, he got frozen out the squad because george honeyman came back <coughs> no it happened before then it happened over an international break yeah he didn't appear at all something happened while he was on international break with wales 
Maybe. Well, there was some comments made, weren't there, about... Well, I can't remember what the context was, but McCann mentioned something, didn't he, about he wasn't happy with... Um, I don't know if it was the amount amount of minutes he played or he played too much. I, can't, I need to get the... Uh... Why is that resulted in him not playing any minutes at all since? Yeah. I think we'll never find out what's happened there, but he, he's taken up a learned space and he's not being played. We might as well send him back. Hmm. I mean, it's the same it's for... Yeah. Man City on it's, it's, it's the same for Moncur and Cannon. Like maybe they've played a bit more, but like those three um, midfielders, they don't seem to get yeah. looking. Where the hell's Moncur gone? Yeah, Cannon's almost forgotten about him too. Is off the bench. Moncur yeah. just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Mm. How, yeah, because Moncur was one of those who actually showed some sort of forward-thinking, progressive style of play. I know sometimes he was a bit wasteful with the ball, and and maybe his set pieces could have been better, but. He, he actually looked like he wanted to try and help us score goals, and he, he seemed he could play either on the wing or in midfield. So he'd be quite a handy player to have around. But again, he's another one who was just, you know, um, strangely just vanished. Um, I think maybe a chance at this Everton game to bring a few of these players that have been sort of cast out in in a way. I mean, we'll get on to that obviously because we're going to be talking about the Everton game, but. I mean, it depends what, what we're aiming to do in that game, whether or not we want to actually go out there and win that um, or give some other players a go. Um, but realistically, I think... Um, so, other than striker, then, what positions do we actually need? Because I personally, obviously, we do not need midfield for me. Even if we lost Matt Smith, we wouldn't need another midfielder for me because we, we have jam-packed in that position. Personally. We're all signed, Judging by the rumours, yeah, it looks like they only care about centre-mid. I mean, because he's refusing to play Fleming, I think he's looking for going to look for another left back. Because yeah, you would think have, he would have given Fleming a chance at some point. Yeah, mm. either side, really. Because um, yeah. obviously, if, if we sign a, a right, because I think Lewis Potter and Longman have shown they can play either side anyway. But yeah. then you've got. Well, the right, on the right there. side, we've got Coyle, Emmanuel, and Longman now. So we're kind of sorted depth wise on that side. But... When, when does Coyle come back? When, and when does Emmanuel come back? When does Emmanuel come back? We don't yeah. know. Who knows? You know what I mean, you got you, it's 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 one of these where do you, do you gamble and not sign another right back because you've got another two in the bank that might come back soon? Might be more of a loan deal that you'd maybe look at. Hmm. See, but I saw um, a couple of, of of clubs are apparently in for that Harry Toffler from Huddersfield, and I I personally think he's when we played Huddersfield that uh, first season. Well, the disastrous season that we went down um he was um very good at bombing up and down the line and even contributed with a couple of goals every now and again and i think he would be perfect mold for the kind of wing back that we need to balance defense and attack um i think they're the kind of players we need to be looking at that have got experience in this league but can play at this system because i know that at the minute this system's working okay but i do think there's obviously some glaring weaknesses in the sense that we are playing strikers as wing backs and mm. defensively it's maybe not the best um, and then in terms of actually like contributing to a very inexperienced young back three, we do need an experienced head, whether that be a wing back or another centre back possibly. But, you know, what centre backs are free at the minute that have got sort of championship experience. It's I think it's going to be a tough window, especially even if we are taking over. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't like us to see, I wouldn't like us to see us splashing uh, loads of money on players that we've, you know, never heard of and never seen and, 
potentially upset, you know, some of the squad that we've got there already, kind of thing, you know. Um, That's it. It's hard to work out with a new with a takeover coming on the horizon as well. It's just no idea what's going on, really. Yeah. I mean, the only positions, like we say, you can justify maybe beefing up is maybe get rid of a couple from midfield, either uh, let one of the lone players go back or send one of ours out on loan, like Cannon, maybe who might not get as much game time. Um, I would personally maybe. It's tough, you know, because I really like Tom Eaves, but if we're going to get rid of a striker, he'd be the one who'd go for me. Hmm. I don't know why. I get rid of all of them. I was going to say him and McGinnis, I think, are level at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I like I liked Eaves' contribution when he came on. He threw himself up. I'm not, every time he won a header, it was a foul, apparently. But hmm. um, he, he, he looked far more... Um, well, he gave more contribution to the game than, than, than McGinnis did. That was definite. Um, and I think I like that um, Eves Smith partnership. I thought he looked quite good. Um, and, and the thing is, for a big guy, he, was, he, he, get, he gets around, you know. There was one point where he was in like left back, wasn't there? And he were blocking it, blocking them putting a cross in, and it was amazing to see. That's like that is what you want to see, though, as a fan, isn't it? You, you know, maybe if they're not the best players, at least play the ones who are going to go out there and I mean, for 90 minutes. To be honest, I'd rather see my left back blocking a, well, yeah. a, a shot. Well, left left back. Back. I'd rather my striker be stood in the box, not the one putting the cross in, yeah. which happens a lot with Eves. It does. That's that's yeah, the thing. Again, it's, uh, Eves, sorry, cr- crosses the ball so much. I'm like, what are you doing there? You can be a lot of your own cross. 10 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there was another name actually I wanted to throw in there because I think it under I, when he came on he did really well and uh, Randell Williams mm-hmm. looks yeah. like he could be a very good option to use as a wing back because he's quite he is very mm-hmm. fast. There was one point where he did yeah. look yeah. like a lost cha- a lost cause and managed to recover it and we got a chance from it I think uh, and obviously he nearly scored um, with that cross to the mm-hmm. far post that was a good chance. I think he looks decent, you know, For in terms of if we're going to use attacking wing-backs in that sense with Lewis Potter, Longman and Randall Williams, he, he he could be another option on the right-hand side if we wanted to justify maybe signing another left, left-sided left player. But I'd, I th- I'd like to see Williams get a chance against Everton, personally. Um, I think he probably will. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Right, so, well, in terms... Right, so, to round up then this transfer thing, we're saying we need at least maybe one or two strikers... Potentially yeah. a more experienced centre half. Yeah. I don't want to drop any of that defence. No, you no, don't have you to need drop them. Backup, you don't, don't have you? to drop them. It's just you the know backup's healthy Jones. To you know, maybe for like play, for example, when Greaves position. is not Greaves is not firing on all cylinders, let him have a rest, bring in somebody else who can help sort of you know yeah. it, it, it's cover, it's important cover because at the moment who who we who do we bring in at centre back? I know we've got Alfie Jones to come back. Um, I don't know. When I've got a name for you, Anne, that you'll love. There's a, a lovely reference to that no one else will get. And why do we go for someone like James Chester? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would actually love to go for James Chester. I wouldn't drop him for Sean, uh, Sean McLaughlin for him right now, though. That would that's an absolute definite, but I would like to have him in the squad. Uh, just get the band back together, get Brucey back in as well. Screw well, it because it's worked so well with James. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Davis, Michael Dawson. He's, he's he chats shite on Sky Sports at the minute. Get him in, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and potentially then uh, I would say personally a, a left-sided wing back. I, 
to me, because the thing is, is, I actually like Callum Elder, but I just don't think he'll be right for this system. Something to, I know we've only seen. I him think he's better as a normal fullback. Yeah, I think you have to push him to to be up and down that side. Yeah, I mean, um, although what formation are we going to play if the takeover goes through? We might sign a wing back, and then this is why it's so confusing. We don't know exactly. what the hell's going on. That's yeah. why we can only really go off what we're currently doing right now and just assume yeah. that that will continue. For me, that's how I would treat. Uh, this transfer window because we don't even know if they're going to want to keep McCann. We can't like, go back to four three three. We cannot. No, we hopefully just... not. I mean, I think he's yeah. waiting for his chance to do so. I just don't <laughs> think he feels like he has enough players to. He's plotting. To do it at the minute. Yeah. I mean, we've not won for a few games yet, so he might he might see this now as an opportunity to go. Well, look, I tried the system mm, and it worked for work. a bit, but now it's gone crap again. So I'm going back. But well, if, if if we if somehow we do that against Everton and win with four three three, he'll never change back again. It'll be terrible. Yeah, yeah. It'll just have to be sacked. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be doing some like sinister um, Mark Hamill Joker esque laugh in his first match interview. <laughs> uh, I mean, he would be. He, he would be. <laughs> right. Um, so we'll move on to the Everton game then. Obviously, um, a nice break from the league. Um, a team that's struggling. Mm. That maybe we could fancy ourselves against. It's one of those games where. It will either be a proper tight, proper cup tie, or because it's on telly as well, which helps. I think yeah. usually helps it make it well. Or they're gonna fucking smash us. Nah, I, yeah. I don't know. It's Everton, one or the other. <laughs> they've really not been very good this season. Uh, I mean, I, I went on the um, Toffee TV uh, YouTube channel uh, to do the preview with them, and I mean, although he predicted a one 0 win to Everton because, he, but he said he had to. So I don't think he was that confident at all, really. Um, it's the perfect sort of banana skin game. But it's, also, oh, yeah. like I say, it's not a game where Dominic Calvert-Lewin's back. So he'll, do, oh, he'll play him to get some fitness and he'll fucking bag a hat-trick in. Well, yeah, but he did... It's that sort of game. He did miss a penalty recently. To him. He exactly. Did. He'll have something to prove now against oh, some shitty little championship club. Nah, I think we're better than... I mean, I like the optimism. So, what 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 would we do then? Well, I'm, we... I'm looking forward to it because I, I think, think it's a, a really good, good chance for some. It's a really good fucking chance of it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully backed by quite a large crowd. I know some people might be waiting last minute to buy tickets because. Well, I've noticed. Yeah. I actually looked earlier on the ticket site, and the east stand is almost all completely sold out. Hmm. That's, That's good. Um, and a good bit of the south stand is sold out as well. I, mm. I'm not sure about the West. I'd have to look again. I do. I do think there's a large portion of fans that are actually waiting until it's confirmed before they buy tickets. There it's not going to be confirmed. Account. Probably mm. not. No. They need I to think... make well. Baz obviously tonight. Tonight, as we record, Baz Cooper's announced that Adjun's going to be at the game. Yeah. So hopefully, him saying that will create a spike of people buying tickets. Possibly. And I think I don't know if it is going to be, but they need to make it pay on the day as well, really. Hmm. Mm. Hopefully, like it gets announced, and then they like can parade themselves around the around the stadium. I get the feeling it's not going to happen until next week. Now, you know, it's, oh, yeah, it's it's been months. No, it's probably wait till after the event. Yeah, mm. I think it's going to be next week. No, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's it'll be Stoke. First game will be Stoke, and then they'll reconsider. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting! Mm. <laughs> Yeah, nice cold. Oh, it should be on a Tuesday as well, so they get like the proper introduction to mm. English football. It'll be, it'll be on TV again, though, so um, Sky will be happy with that. 
No, so we're losing. We're losing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but with the Everton, t- with Everton game, then team, are we playing full strength? I mean, can we afford to not? Have we got enough mm. players to? I mean, actually- because of the COVID thing, you might want to play quite a few of them due to fitness. You might want to yeah. try and get their match fitness back up. So I think because we don't. When's the next? When is the next game after it? Is it the following Saturday or is it the Tuesday? It's the following Sunday. Well, there's an extra week there, so I think you should yeah. play the full strength side again. I think so. You, you, I, you, I, I, you wouldn't bring any of the fringe players in. What, you like Huddleston, Randall Williams. You wouldn't bring any of them. Matt Ingram. I mean, I won't call Huddleston a fringe player. It's a weird. It's a weird well, one. He is that. at the minute. He is, but he's beyond fringe. Is it? Is it? An, is it a? A fringe? Is he making the team worse? He's playing is it, is it just a parting? Smallwood's keeping him out of the team. Mm. I, I think that, he'll probably make a couple of changes. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd like to see players like... I mean, he'll have to make a couple of changes anyway due to injury. Like, Elder will be playing. So, he'll be putting Keel Lewis Potter probably back there if he's going to play him. Or he'll mm. play Brandon Fleming. Um, so, there'll be a change somewhere in there at least. And I think he'll probably... He'll probably drop one of the defenders for Alfie Jones and one of the midfielders somewhere for maybe for Ruddleston. Yeah, because I mean that's what they usually say. Oh, we're we we really well play the uh, strong team and um uh, we want to win the game and then there will be eleven changes. Yeah, um, I remember someone saying that it's it, for reasons really to play um, a full strength side for both managers because McCann could have a new owner in the stands that he needs to impress. Everton need to win it. Rafa needs to win to save his job. So, you know, he yeah. probably will be sacked if we beat him. Because, you know... He's... Oh, yeah, he will be. He'll be sacked if, if we beat them, he will likely be sacked. So, like, really... They can't not sack him. It might be a full strength versus full strength. But personally, I'd like to see maybe a couple of the players get a chance. I'd like yeah. to see... I object to um, calling our side full strength when we're going to have Eves up front. <laughs> I know that's insulting, but, you know... So. It's as strong as it can be. It doesn't matter what mm. front two you put up at the minute, it, it could still be considered full strength because they all offer the same, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, I, I, the, consistent, the consistent quality across our front line has been great because they're all equally as terrible. I suppose what we could do then, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go, I won't going to do this, but I will do. We'll go for starting 11s and I'm going to say mine first because I think I feel like I'm on a revolutionary um, call. Okay. So I'm going to play, oh, gonna play a back six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play four up front and two at the back. Um, what a put, put Matt Ingram in goal. We'll let him have another shot. Uh, yeah, shot why not? Yeah, fair enough. There was no reason for him to be dropped. I would say the back three, I would give Greaves a rest because I think he looked a bit off the weather against Blackpool and I would bring Alfie Jones in and then you can put Maka back out the left because obviously he's left-footed. So your back three is Bernard... Um, Jones and McLaughlin. I would have mm-hmm. Fleming in left wing back, and I would have Randall Williams in right wing back. I'd have Huddleston in the defensive midfield role, deep line playmaker, whatever you want to call it, whatever football manager reference you want to make. Um, I would probably rest Honeyman only on the sense that I really think we need him in the league desperately, um, and I wouldn't want to risk him in this game. I'd See, it's the same for Doherty, though, to be fair as well, because he was superb against Blackpool. The really thing was. is, Doherty doesn't need to rest because he never gets tired. Yeah, Doherty's an absolute engine, isn't he? But, I mean, you've got, you know, we've got a lot of midfielders in there that could that could probably, like like we said, where's Moncare and, and where's, like, Matt Smith, Cannon? You know, we've got, we, we've got options there and we just don't seem to be using them. So, I would imagine he's going to play Honeyman and Doherty. Uh, 
and have Huddleston behind them, and then have uh, Lewis Potter and Longman up top. Hmm. Oh, I like it. Mm. It's <laughs> interesting. I, I want guard. I would say I agree with most of that. To be fair, hmm. um, I'm, I'm actually thinking about it. I don't know what I'd change from your lineup to be honest. Um, but I would always definitely, I would definitely play Huddleston for the fact that it's a Premier League team that we're playing, and he's better suited to Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, Huddleston offers something different to Smallwood in the sense that his 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 possession retention and being able to actually dictate the state of play will be very important playing against a side we assume is going to have the majority of the possession. So when we've got the ball, we need to make sure we're using it well mm-hmm. or potentially to players out of a high press. I don't know what kind of style Rafa players it will ever, and I'm not going to pretend to. Um, but if they're going to press us high, Huddleston's going to be key to getting past that for me with a you know an accurate long... Diag for the for whoever's playing wing back to get him behind for, so it would be quite important for me. Me, yeah. Oh, yeah, carry yeah. on. Who else would you have? I mean, oh, yeah. I'd probably to be honest. Uh, the only change I'd maybe make from yours, to be honest, is maybe Randall Williams out, Longman there, and uh, Eve up front. But I'm choice. not. I'm not. I like either way, to be honest. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, the only reason I put them to up top is because we've just we've, we've just sat here complained about all four of our strikers not being able to do anything. So put two other players up there and see what they can do. Yeah, because I, I really liked Randall Williams and I think he'll be a good player. And I think just have him play. Yeah, have him play as like a false two, yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. have Doherty and Honeyman constantly switching about with them. Yeah. <laughs> What about you then, Nathaniel? Oh, well, I think Ingram and Goal is probably a good shout. Um, yeah. And I think I'm maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe Jones along with um, Bernard and McLaughlin. I think that's solid. Uh, maybe, well, I guess... I, I, I think it might go f- uh, just the usual like midfield three, um, possibly... Uh, I, I, it's difficult. It's really difficult to say, but I, I just said I wouldn't do many changes because I think we could beat Everton. Well, I, I'd want to see. I'd want to see just the the same eleven, except maybe. Um, uh, I'm just trying to work out how how I can drop every striker. Um, well, I well I'd have Longman up front, of course. I'd have Longman up front. I guess I think Rando Williams could be number nine. No, I'm not doing that. I'm, no, um, he hasn't got the pace. Uh, we'll play Longman up front, Williams and Lewis Potter wing backs, and then just because I have so little trust in our strikers, I might recall James Scott. <laughs> That'll do. I know he's not scored any in Scotland, but like we just need something fresh. No, um, striker wise, I, I have no confidence really in, in any of them at all, especially against. Premier League team, but it, it, I'd probably just like the strongest 11 with Eves and Smith, I guess. That's fairly realistic. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's, uh, he, could, he could even switch the systems back for a game or something and try and limit the amount of defenders he's using. Well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it might be more, if, if we do play three at the back, it will definitely be more like five at the back anyway, yeah. if they ever didn't have the ball. Although they have been quite bad. Like you say, uh, Huddleston should play because it's playing a Premier League team, but 
they've been playing like a championship team this season. So, um, yeah. Right then, we'll we'll go for um, we'll go for a score prediction then. Uh, Will, what are you saying? Four 0 City. <laughs> okay. It's a bit pessimistic. Um, well, I'll go with the same one I went on Toffee TV, which is uh, entertaining 2 2. 2 2. Lovely Possibly. Desmond. Yes, uh, do we Desmond. have replays? I can't remember. Uh, I don't believe there is replays. Oh. Is, it, is, it, is it they both have to agree to a replay before they play or something? Yeah. I'm bold to check it now, actually. I'm sure I saw some rule changes. Or I might have been. Well, I thought they said on the podcast I was on that they're not doing replays. No, there's no replays. He's going to go to extra time penalties. Ah. So who wins wow. on pens? Uh, us. Or in extra time. With the, with the home, home crowd. Tom Eve scoring the winner, coming on off the bench. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Winning penalty. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say a 2-1 win towards... I'm oh, gonna say that's that, nice. The magic of the cup. I mean, yeah. after the Blackpool game, we shouldn't be this optimistic, really. Uh, no. We're playing. Oh, yeah, we're, we're playing Everton. You know, we we got to remember that. But, <laughs> but it's the cup. Anything yeah. can happen it's in the, the cup. cup. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be four nil. And like I say, Smallwood's going to come off. No, Smallwood's going to come off the bench and fucking Ronnie Radford that bastard right into the top <laughs> corner. I'd love. I'd, to be fair, I'd love Huddleston to score an absolute pearler. Oh, he's, he's, he's known for him. That's why I said someone yeah, who doesn't he's, score. He's got some I, good long range technique. I hope, I hope Longman has an absolute stinker so Brighton don't recall him. <laughs> okay. We win, but he has a bad time. Yes, yeah. he scores an own goal, uh, so it's four-one instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a it's a clean sweep of wins and no 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 uh, you know, variations. Very optimistic podcast today. Um, now that you mentioned James Scott, I actually want to to ask a couple of questions about him. Now, what do you do with James Scott? Tell Apparently, him. there's rumours that he's going to come back. Do we bring him in and try and incorporate him into the team? I mean, Quite honestly, as Nathaniel has already mentioned about the strike force being so poor, he might be worth bringing back and giving he's a not, go. He's played five games in Scotland. He's terrible, you know? Sell him for two quid. Release him. Good. Release him. He might be worth bringing back and just giving a go. Yeah, recall him and don't play him at all. <laughs> uh, James, if you're listening to this, we do believe in you. And if you do come back into the squad... Uh, yes, I hope he's not listening because, <laughs> wow, they already hate you're me. You're knackered. Yeah. I think the, the the thing for me is he was clearly signed as a player that had high potential. Yeah, he was one of those players that we never saw. Well, mm -hmm. maybe in one or two games, um, yeah. he played okay, and then for the rest of it, didn't really seem to have any sort of. For me, I always thought he was more of a central player. I didn't like him out wide. He always drifted into the middle, and we we had no outlet on that side. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe it would be worth maybe trying him up front. You know, it comes, you know, if, yeah. if you, especially if you let one of the other strikers go, you could use him as, as as part of the front four kind of thing. But for me personally, I would probably send him back out on loan, but somewhere that he's, you know, maybe right into the terms that he needs to play a certain amount of games if they're going to take him. Because for me, he's probably. I mean, football's always confidence, especially as an attacking player. It's confidence sort of dictates your. Yeah. How well you do at that time, and they'll go in purple patches, and then they'll have bad patches, and we might just be seeing. You know, we, we we seem to forget his first taste of of English football was that season that we had, and mm. then he was in League One and he couldn't really get a sniff, and then we sent him out on loan to Scotland. So he's he's had quite a, a disjointed. I know the attempt, yeah. well the the games that we've played him in, he's not really pulled up any trees, 
uh, to suggest we give him a chance. But I'd like to see him go and learn to a club and, and, and sort of rekindle his, his confidence to be able mm. to actually come back yeah. and see that um, I mean, potential that he, he quite obviously was supposed to have had. I, 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 yeah, to be fair, probably would be. Because I, I would actually, like, thinking about it, I'd like to see players like Josh Hines and Will Jarvis get a chance. Mm. When I think about it, over James Scott, maybe. Give some yeah. of the youth players a chance. How desperate can we be if we want to recall James Scott, who's not yeah. scored in, in, at in all? In terms of the striker department, very... I don't, know if it's in, I don't know if that's the reason for the recall. It sounds more like the reason for the I'm recall thinking, is because yeah, he's, he's not happy, playing. He's yeah. happy with him. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Might be a slight attitude. So it might be a case of bringing him back to send him back out on loan elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Send him to Scunny, then he plays. Well, well, so well yeah, but like, why not? Because it's English football; it's not far. <laughs> you know, helps them. That's that's. They need yeah. all the help they can get. Yeah. yeah so another way, that's a good point actually. What do you want about Scunny? Let him fucking go down to non-league. Oh yeah, my my apologies. <laughs> if yeah. they help, if they help one of our prospects get good, I'm mm. not bothered. They can send go down to Carlisle to send Scunny down. I'd rather send him to a different club. <laughs> Gunny, get fucked off. But yeah, like we say, we have got quite a few um, finishers that have got an eye for goal in the youth squad. You've, you've got to think, you know, Jarvis, Snellgrove. The, the, we've got a, a, a good set of players that we could actually give an opportunity to. It may be uh, worth taking a risk with one of them. Yeah, and we've obviously recalled a couple off a loan spell, so maybe they plan to be involved in this game. Um mm. You know, you don't know. They might be on the bench and, and give them a couple of chances against some Premier League standard players. You know, it's yeah. experience is vital to these these lads, isn't it? Um, right then, so before we finish, we'll just have a last one on the takeover then because obviously, I know we've sort of touched on it, um, but realistically, or we're hoping for, if everything crossed, this will be the last podcast we record. <laughs> as I'm I will play this again that. next week, <laughs> but hopefully the the you know the Alams tenure is is actually coming to an end. I think. Oh no, it's happening. Know. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. It is. So hopefully this this is. I mean, obviously we've got the Phil Brown episode coming on. Um, oh, what day is it now? What are we on? Monday, isn't it? Hmm. So recording the Phil Brown episode on Monday. Yeah. So hopefully that by that time um, with a new owner and we can actually start looking forward to um, actions. Tenure, whether that ends up being, yeah. Um, at the moment, it's certainly more positive than what we would be getting right now under the alarms and and you know lack of investment and sort of just stagnating in what we're doing. Um, but hopefully, you know, we start seeing crowds come back to the stadium. So hopefully, Everton's packed out, like we said. Um, when when the takeover does go through, I hope to see a few of us back that said we'd never returned while the alarms were there. You know, if you're going to make that claim, then you've got to you've got to put your money where your mouth is when it happens, and they've gone. Um, I know maybe some of the circumstances at the minute with COVID and you might have found another hobby, but you know, the, the lads deserve our support. And when we've got a takeover, let's let's get in there and pack the stadium out again because we know we can do it. We did it in the yeah. lower league, so let's do it again. Uh, and unless there's anything that you guys want to add on to that, yeah, I'll, I'll have something. Go for it. And um, watch me absolutely butcher this new chance rumours name. Okay, go on. Um, I've seen this whole be recorded as well. Alahaya Saya Madananesh, who is a young Fenerbahce forward who has scored 12 goals whilst at loan at the prestigious club Zoya Luhansk. Get him in. So, so yeah, get him in. 
I, I don't know who he is, of course, but um, I'll take any striker at the minute that's scoring yeah, goals, no matter what level it's at. Yeah, I mean, you know, James got him up front on on Saturday. Yes. That'll do. Yes. Question: Is any yeah. other Fenerbahce squad not going to get linked with us at any point? Uh, no, no. I mean, because the, the kit's so similar as well, because it's kind of yellow and dark blue. It's kind of that same sort of thing. So, what do you mean? Um, is it got stripes? Easy to Photoshop. You know? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's easier to just press the fill button on your Photoshop. Yeah. It's easy transfer rumours, though, isn't it? It's like what we're seeing at it's the minute. Very, because, because of what he said and, and, and obviously the fact that he's Turkish, it's, yeah. it's very, very easy rumour building to just say yeah. they're going to sign this Turkish geezer. That's it, it does make a difference than uh, every player from Doncaster and Peterborough, though. Oh, oh yeah, that is that is nice. Yeah, it's nice not to be linked with um, free agents or players mm. that we can't possibly afford for another two years, like Dion yeah. Charles. Mm. <laughs> Dion Charles, who apparently was worth five million pounds and has now gone to Bolton for three hundred k. It's just mad. Yeah, I'm glad. I think we dodged a bullet with that one, to be honest. Yeah, I think. Why so, were yeah. we? Why were we? Why I was clamouring? Uh, to be honest, that rumour might have just come from me. The time I got it on that whole <laughs> Denny Mail uh, by just making it up. And then, you know, two years later or, or something, I was desperate for us to sign him, even though I made my, up the room. <laughs> my favourite transfer rumour I've seen so far, actually, is some 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 idiot somewhere tried to get the rumour of Hull City looking to re-sign Armin El-Mohamedi from Aston no. And no, I was no, like, no, no, no. that's fine. Yeah, that's, a, that's an easy rumour. And then he said, for six million. No, like, that's, no it's that's not real. It's, it's a mick take. I know it is. But it's like... Oh. God. That's so believable, though. Is what that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was about to be having serious discussion with you off um off the recording. Then, well, if you believe that one, because <laughs> there was a lot of city fans that actually believe it's genuine, and that was concerning. Um, <laughs> just you got to look into it properly and notice. Nah. I mean, I'd actually take Elmo back if we were free. No, I would. <laughs> um. Yeah. The fact that it was like. I think they put they quoted it to the the German newspaper Bild. Why would they be the ones? To yeah. quote it reminds me of that account that's um, based on uh, Internet Explorer, where it tweets like stuff from really really long ago, as though it's happened just now. Mm. Because obviously Internet Explorer being laggy and whatever, yeah. and they mentioned about Benteke signing for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long before Fraser Campbell gets linked? Uh, give it another window. Yeah, mm. another window. He hasn't been away long enough yet. How is he doing actually, Huddersfield? Badly. All right. Okay. He hasn't know. scored as many as he did for us, though, did he? No. Oh no. It, mind you, you don't have Grisicki laying on a plate for him, does he? So, no, but you know, <laughs> should get Grisicki back. Yeah. No, he's a sort of random sort of foreign nationality that they're enjoying linking to us so why don't we just get Grzycki back uh, I don't think he'd come back personally I'd love to have him back maybe no he's gone mm. back to his hometown team I think so Hull is his hometown he team as far as I'm concerned you couldn't play him as a wing back because you'd never have any defence oh god no oh imagine that that'd be hilarious <laughs> you could never play him as a wing back uh, right anyway Right, I think that's we've covered pretty much everything that we can in, in this yeah. one. Obviously, like I said, um, do head over to the sponsors pages, Six Yards Out and Hull City Retro, and uh, donate to Hull Badge Man if you can. Uh, we will be back. Uh, the next episode is the Phil Brown episode, which obviously we are super hyped to um, talk to Phil. 
Um, so if any of you have got any questions that you haven't already sent in, do send them to me uh, or the podcast account or any of us on here and we'll save them and, and make sure we try and ask them for you. And then we've also got Leon Court the, the week after, I believe. Um, so we've got a couple of uh, different era uh, City uh, interviews to do. So I, we are looking forward to these. But uh, thanks for tuning in again, guys. Uh, I hope you all had a nice new year and a new Christmas. Um, I'm still recovering from my adventure to Blackpool. Um, uh, we were supposed to record on Monday. I was too dead to do so. Uh, <laughs> so it's now. Uh, but anyway, cheers for joining me, you two again, as you always. Um, always a pleasure. Uh, Joel wasn't on this one, as usual. Uh, she'll be back <laughs> on the next one. Um, but cheers anyway. Thank you. And uh, see you next time. Cheers. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.